you know, as Christians, we have to understand and, and be real with where we are. That's what we have to see first, individually. And what where our mindset is and what we desire. Airing the Addisons. I think what God is really calling us back to, it's those individual personal revivals in our own lives where we're like, oh Lord, what have we done? We have minimized you. Promoting truth, wisdom, and empowerment. As the church, man, we should be on the forefront yes. of making disciples, of indoctrination and godly things. If we don't train our kids, they will not be able to stand. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Erin Addison's. On American Family Radio, thank you so much for listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will. And J-Mac, I know for sure. And Sherry B? Yes. Maybe? Sherry okay, B. welcome back. I'm glad she decided <laughs> that it was time. I'm kidding. Um, but J-Mac and Sherry B are on tap to help us navigate the show. We appreciate you listening. Um, today we are discussing um, the right to fight or discussing the conviction mm. that the right to fight is precious. The right to fight, the, the ability in this country, and I want to talk about the spiritual implications of that as we so often do. Like we, we look at the, the issues that are happening, um, look at current events, um, we look at the DNA and sort of what it's like woven into the fabric of what it means to be an American, mm -hmm. but also, uh, you know, how do, how do I want to say this? What gets top billing mm -hmm. uh, is that we are Christians first. So we yeah. are Christians living in America, and this is what it means to first and chiefly identify as a Christian, that everything filters through that. And then um, everything else kind of stacks out after that. You have yeah. all of these different sort of circles that you run in and, you know, distinctions that you have um, to be a wife, to be a mom, uh, you know, to be from your state or your city or your town, all of these things that we sort of uh, get out of order. And we allow those things to take preeminence over Mm. what should be and must be for the Christian, the preeminence of Christ. And so mm. then our first distinction is that of Christian. So today what I want to talk about is I want to talk about the right to fight uh, as being something that is precious to us as Americans. Yes, but I want to go a bit further than that. And I want to look at the uh, spiritual implications of that. And of course, to use or to, to do that, we'll use some news uh, stories that really kind of um, get our juices flowing as we start thinking about this. So anyway, stick around for that. But first, Will the Great wants to make you aware of some things happening. Yes, uh, if you want to uh, email us, email us at addisons at AFR.net, addisons at AFR.net. If you want to follow uh, us on Facebook, you can just search for Airing the Addisons. Also, we have our date night coming up uh, in Jackson, Tennessee. It will be September 20th. That's happening that's next Monday uh, from 630 to 830 p.m. at the Carl Grant Event Center uh, on Union University campus. To get more details, just go to marriagefamilylife.net, marriagefamilylife.net, and you can find all the information there. Also, this month's By Design Challenge for September uh, is date night. <laughs> it's a date night challenge. And we are asking married couples who live in or near Jackson, Tennessee, uh, to attend our upcoming date night uh, that's happening next Monday. Uh, uh, it's a night of biblical encouragement, laughter, and enjoyment. Registration is open until we reach full capacity, and we're not quite there yet. Uh, if you are not able to attend, we want to encourage you to choose a day this month. Schedule a babysitter and either make reservations <laughs> at a, rest, a restaurant or create your own date night at home. Uh, make it a night for only you and your spouse to laugh, relax, and enjoy yourselves. Uh, to show that you have participated 
uh, post your picture on the By Design Facebook page uh, and put hashtag BD Date Night. Hashtag BD Date Night. So that's uh, this month's challenge is the Date Night Challenge. And what you want to so, say? Well, I was just thinking, <laughs> um, I, we, we had the discussion today and mm-hmm. uh, sort of the final, we have a meeting before you did the Date Nights, you know. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was just thinking about how um, Jade, who does an incredible job pulling this all together and working out all of the yes. details and um, interacting with so many of our supporters to make sure that, you know, everybody gets their questions answered. Mm. And one of the things that came up as discussion was, you know, so we're going to be on the campus of Uni- Union University, right? Yes. Um, so every one of us or each one of us will look like that freshman <laughs> you know, remember Trying that, that freshman was the person. Now it used to be that you were holding a sheet of paper that had your schedule on it. Today they probably just have their cell phones. They're just looking at their phones, <laughs> uh-huh. and you're looking around. And it's always that it's it, you look like a tourist because mm. you're looking at all the buildings, trying to figure out is that is that <laughs> Davis Hall, is that Grant Hall? Like you're trying yeah, to you're trying to figure yeah. out where you're going, you know. And <laughs> and so I just imagine that on Monday, not only will you uh, be on a date, but you also look like freshmen, each of you trying to figure <laughs> out where's the building where all of the happenings are happening that's right and so if you if you check your uh your email i believe that the last email that you will get Mm -hmm. um will have a campus map yeah that will show you (laughs) so funny where to go we'll show you where to go yeah make sure you look at that map you can print it out or you can bring Mm -hmm. on your phone you're still gonna look like a freshman yeah but it's all right you know (laughs) i think what's important is that you end up where you need to be that's right right not how you look in that moment and we're all mature enough that we don't care (laughs) <laughs> We're going to hold it, hold out the sheet of paper, hold out the phone to find it. So anyway, make sure you check that out uh, because we do anticipate that there might be some questions as to um, how do we say this way y'all at. <laughs> All right. Is that it? Will the Great? Well, one know, last one. Oh, okay. uh, we are gathering listeners uh, stories. Uh, we are gathering stories uh, now to play during our fall charathon. And we'd like to hear from you. Has the Lord used American Family Radio in your life? Have uh, have we been there or given the right thought at just the right time? Please share your story. You can call and share uh, for a minute or two, and you might hear yourself during share Our listener storyline is 877-876-8893. That's 877-876-8893. And it will just be like a voicemail. You won't be live on the air or anything like that, but we would love to hear from you, the testimonies of how American Family Radio has touched your life. Okay. Um, so here's here's what I was thinking about as I was looking at some of these headlines and um, even I, I sent these stories to you, just, you know, as we look at what's going on, mm-hmm. um, I think that it's, it's encouraging to see Americans uh, fighting back in our country. It really is. But I want to go a little bit further, as, as we so often do, I want to look at the spiritual implications of what it means to fight back or the significance of that. Mm-hmm. Now, I want to be very clear here. And um, I think that across this network, we've tried to be very careful and very sensitive um, to, you know, what people's convictions are. You're not going to get that from a lot of places. Um, I think what is common now is for people to take one position uh, on any cultural issue and then force you to comply. Right. Mm-hmm. And and we see this most recently yeah. in the question about getting shots or not getting shots. And and we've already done shows where we've talked about this. But I want to be very clear. One of the things that I think um, has been alarming to me is to watch the willingness of once um, stiff necked, if you will, that sounds negative, but let, <laughs> let me spines of steel Americans 
who are willing to give up their freedoms and willing to give up their ability um, and even their right, which I think is probably stronger, but their right to be able to say, you know, I, I want to make a prayerful decision about this. I want to, I want to, you know, um, go before the Lord before I decide to do something and to live in a country where you have the right to do that. It's been alarming to me to see the number of Americans um, be willing to give that up. Now, what do I mean when I say give that up? I am not referring to people who have elected to get the shot, the COVID shot. Why am I making that distinction? Because when we have this conversation, we think we're dealing with mature people, but too often we're dealing with immature people mm. who want you to be saying something that you're not. Yeah. So in this moment, when I talk about people who have been willing to give up their freedoms, people think that I am saying people who have elected to get the shot are giving up their freedoms. If you think I'm saying that, then you would be sorely mistaken. Here is precisely what I am saying, and I'm going to spell it out very slowly. I am talking about the individuals who have said you must ask no question. Mm. You have the right to know nothing. You simply do as you are told because our lives are on the line. Those are the people that I'm talking about who have been willing to give up their freedoms in a heartbeat, yeah. in a heartbeat. And it has alarmed me. I have, I have been surprised because I used, to, um, I used to think that what proliferated our culture was this it was sort of like a collective meme at least among those for whom it, it was true there was a collective meme of um sort of this from my cold dead hands come and take it <laughs> right right like those are the yeah. people that used to kind of like populate this country it used to be oh really you okay come and take it <laughs> and unfortunately those people um those who have not been converted by way of immense guilt foisted mm. upon them in yeah. one way or the other. Yeah. And why am I saying all this? And it seems like I'm folding together all kinds of issues. Well, I am because all of these issues have worked together. They have converged to weaken people. Yeah. They have converged to make people doubt that they have the right or the ability to, to speak their minds or to say, no, you know, I have, I have a concern about that. And now we all just feel like we have to just kind of all go along. And it's not just in the one particular area where you kind of get barraged. It's, it's all of them converging. Right. And so now people are no longer saying, um, OK, come and get it from my cold, dead hands. Right. People people are saying, where do I go to hand it to you? Mm. How, can, yeah. I can meet you there at three. You know what I mean? Like people people are, are signing up to give over their freedoms. And the concern of mine and I, I have been saying this for years. And, and, and Willie Great, you used to laugh at me when I would say this. And it kind of turned into a joke. You know, it started out as a sincere statement. Um, but, you know, it, it, it's a play. But I used to say, stop the rights you save may be your own. Right. Yeah. And and now more and more and more, I see that, man, what what started out as just a sincere statement that kind of was a play off a song has turned into really an outcry um, for the heart and soul of what used to be common in our country. Hmm. The understanding that you have certain rights, right, that those those rights that you have come from God that you have the right to answer to God. And in as much as your answering to God does not violate someone else's rights. Now, why am I saying that? Because I want to make sure that we make a distinction that when we talk about the, um, you know, my body, my choice, hmm. which I, I, you know, <laughs> that you're when you talk about the COVID shot, you're actually talking about your body. When you talk about aborting, or killing a person, you're not talking about your body. Mm. You're you're talking about somebody else's body. Yeah. So so yes, you have the right to a certain personal autonomy, in as much as your you know personal autonomy is not interest of somebody else. You can't. Well, this is what I want to do: hurt somebody else. Do you understand? Mm -hmm. 
But in this country, what has alarmed me is that we have moved so quickly, even among the strong, yeah. you know, among the brave, yeah. you know, uh, uh, among the unshakable. We have very quickly moved to the cowering in the corner under the guise of it's for the greater good. And I often think, how did we get there? You know, because yeah. it seemed like it, it's been very gradual, but 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 fast at the same yeah. time. Like, it's, yeah. it's amazing, you know, how different things are. Uh, I'm thinking about it being a kid and growing up, you know, in high school, just knowing, that, you know, with this country and, and, and having an opinion and be able mm-hmm. to say, I disagree with that, you know, to now it's like oh, your, your words are violence yeah. and, you know, you can't yeah. disagree with me. It's It's crazy. It's it, I believe, has been a convergence of all of the things that have happened over time. It has happened consistently over time, though mm-hmm. it's been slow. It's been consistent and it's been progressive. And and the reason for that is because our culture does this thing like the um, the elites in our culture, those who want to control and ultimately shift culture for the worse. They do something extraordinary that we as Christians should be able to recognize immediately. But because, you know, lack of prayer. Uh, We don't recognize because of lack of reading the word. Our discernment is not sharpened. So what our culture does is our culture, um, like I want you to get get a picture of uh, people standing in a line, right? And you've got this one person sort of working down the line. Think of people standing shoulder to shoulder. I'm just trying to illustrate this for you. Um, my perception of this, at, at least you think of people standing shoulder to shoulder and you've got this one person who's walking um, from person to person as they stand shoulder to shoulder. So it's not mm-hmm. a line where you're standing behind the other you're shoulder to shoulder. And the person just in front of you gets punched in the face mm-hmm. and then you're standing there, you know, and you're like, oh, my goodness. Right. And then they come to you and they just slap you. And so you're like, oh, OK, that's not so bad mm-hmm. because that person got punched. Right. And then they move down the line and maybe they do something where they shove the other person to the ground. And the person after them is just kind of like, whoa, oh my goodness. And then but then they just get a little shove and they're like, Ooh, OK, that's not as bad. And so and so what do we constantly do? We constantly regroup and we say, well, at least it's not that. At mm. least they're not doing that right. when the person who got slapped and the person who got shoved should not have been touched. Just like the person who was punched and pushed to the ground. Yeah, should not. But what we constantly do is lower our standard of expectation. Right. And so how have they done this? Well, several ways, several ways. We've been indoctrinated in our schools. We've had generations of indoctrination. One of the things that we have been told is that we don't have the right to think. In fact, we can't do it. We we can't think because we are not the learned. Right. There are people who are tasked with that, that we learn from and then we just regurgitate. Hmm. All right. Let me take the break. We'll, we'll come right back. Aaron, the Addison's American Family Radio. Stay right there. Addison's on American Family Radio. I'm Nikki. And I'm Will, and that's Cam. Would I see the truth? All right. So, Nika, what's the point that you're making? Okay, here's my point, right? My, my point my point is this. Um, the ability to fight back, in particular, in the United States of America, is something that is very precious, and not for the reasons that we might look at that are just sort of temporal reasons, right, to secure your own safety or to maintain that security, um, mm-hmm. that you exist in a republic, right, where you, you cannot be compelled. You don't, 
you're not in uh, a monarchy. You know, y- you have rights and, and you have some privileges. You have some privileges. Yeah. Um, but there's some spiritual implication to a, the, a group of people being able to posture themselves rightly before the Lord. Um, and even this posture is achieved by resisting wickedness, mm. resisting evil. Now, those who fear God will do this, though it costs them their lives. If those who truly fear God will do this, mm-hmm. though it costs them their lives. But we understand the value of people being able to resist with impunity. Yeah. There is value in that. Like, let's not all turn into, you know what I'm saying? Like Hans and Franz, you know what I mean? Like, you know, and we're here to pump you up. Like, let's, let's also understand that there is a certain, there is a benefit, right? And being able to resist with impunity. Mm. However, those who truly love the Lord, those who fear him, those who have come to understand the worth and the value of knowing the Lord in eternity will resist wickedness no matter what. Man, man. No, I was just thinking too, what I'm seeing is that that's so very important is that uh, we as a people of God would pray for a discernment, you know, because of the many voices that are speaking. Yes. You know, and yes. that how important it is to hear from the Lord, you know. Yes. Because, man, uh, more than ever, I, I feel like, man, we have to know what God is saying, you know, regarding, you know, whether I should do this or do that. You know, yes. uh, um, Lord, give me discernment. Help me to see beyond what's presented to me. You know, Amen. help me to when I do research and I read things to really understand what's going on, because there's so much happening. You know, I think people are missing certain things because of a lack of discernment. Absolutely. And, you know, I, I think in, in some instances we have taken a position in this country and it's not one that would have been common um, in years past, but we we almost kind of feel like, well, if I'm okay with it, then I don't care if it's forced on other people. Mm. If I'm okay with it, I don't care because it's not taking mm. anything from me. Yeah. But this gets back to my illustration. Okay, so the people who are getting punched, at least you're not you're not one of yeah. them. Yeah. You, you understand what I'm saying? And mm-hmm. so this if there's a slow um, sort of like giving up of the rights and the privileges and you know th- the things that have been hard fought for and this is the point that i was trying to make on friday by the way um you remember you think back to we we just looked back 20 years on 9 11 and you remember the president he went to new york and you remember him in the um the big megaphone i think it's what you call it megaphone and you remember him a bullhorn i think a bullhorn whatever the thing where you talk into yeah. it and you hold it up and okay whatever that's called you you, you remember <laughs> this right megaphone and bullhorn. megaphone and <laughs> i should know because that was i think that's a nickname of mine once but <laughs> you remember the president saying freedom came under attack but freedom will be defended you remember that and i'm mm-hmm. paraphrasing here loosely and i just thought it was so ironic to be looking back 20 years to that statement Meanwhile, back at the ranch, you've got someone saying, everyone, you you will, if you fall into this certain category, you will have no choice in what you put in your body. Mm. You will have no choice. And so then at the same time, if you could just do a side by side, sort of like run the tapes together, you know, and so that we've been patient, we've waited, you know, all of these things. And then freedom came under attack, but freedom will be defended. You have no choice. Those are my words. You have no choice. You are not free. And people don't recognize this. So so here's what I want to say. And I have a few stories that I want to uh, string together here to make my ultimate point. Let me get into let me get into the stories and, and then I'll, I'll, I'll come back to the spiritual implications of living in a country where you can be a part of a posture of humility before God. Mm. OK, this is not just about shots, people. 
Like I, I, I wish, I just wish that people understood that. This is not about, this is about how much will people give up if the message is just right? Mm. How much will people give up if the message is just right? Like what, how much do we tailor to get the results that we want? This is the question. And so I'm encouraged um, and I'm rooting for people who are standing up for their rights. I am rooting for those people. All right. So here's a story. Um, New York Hospital, um, New, <laughs> New York Hospital to, quote, pause delivering babies after staffers quit rather than get vaccinated. Mm. Uh, I, I understand that we just redefine terms. And, and, and by the way, this is another one of those things. The line, the image, the imagery of the line. OK, um, another one of those things that we just accept. We redefine words and, and people feel like, well, I don't care. They just they can redefine and use it however they want. It doesn't matter. But it actually does matter it does. because all of it is how much will you accept? And so you accept the redefinition of words. You gladly use them. So then in big instances like this where we can change the definition of what a vaccine really is, people say, oh, I mean, I don't care. Don't they have the power to do that? No, they don't. Actually, <laughs> they, they really actually don't. But, but we don't think about that because we have been conditioned to accept it time and time again. And it's, it's just a slow fade. All right. So anyway, but that's that's not what I wanted to focus on. Back to the story. An upstate New York hospital system said it will be forced to pause maternity services this month because some employees refusal to get vaccinated. I'm reading this article here against COVID-19 has caused staffing shortages. Wow. Wow. I'm going to continue. I got time. Let me just say <laughs> uh, <laughs> I got time. Um. Why do we have so many people in the medical community who are questioning this? Mm -hmm. Why do we have so many people with so much insight, um, background experience? Why, why isn't it just, you know, <laughs> you, you just, what? yeah, All I right. think they know something. They understand, you know, something about how this whole process has been done that, you know, something is wrong here. <laughs> at the very minimum, at the very minimum, here is what I know that they know. I know that they understand that testing for the efficacy of any type of drug goes through way more rigorous study yeah. than what we've seen. Oh, yeah. At the very least, I know they know that. And look, I'm dumb smart to know that. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? These people are smart, smart to know that. <laughs> but, but, but no one can ask the question. No one can ask the question. Here we go. Lewis County Health Systems uh, Health System is experiencing mass resignations because of its quote unquote vaccination mandate putting some services at risk. CEO Gerald R. Kayer said this on Friday. The maternity unit already has staff shortages with at least six resignations so far, while seven other staffers have expressed unwillingness to be vaccinated. Hmm. Quoting Kayer here, we are unable to safely staff the service after tw uh, September 24th. The number of resignations received leaves us no choice but to pause delivering babies at Lewis County General Hospital, end quote. Man, you know, that's something because babies are not going to be on pause. They're going to still but, have to have. <laughs> but now here's another question. Here's another question. And, and I have to ask this question when you look at New York, mm -hmm. okay? My question is, why isn't the delivery of babies an essential service? Why is it that well, that one can hmm, be like cut that's a like? Question. Do you understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It's 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 yeah. now. Of course, I I don't want to read into the article any more than is there. Right? Who am I kidding? Of course, I do want to do that. But the thing is, you know, we know historically, 
you know how New York has been. That's exactly what I'm babies. saying. So that's exact, and that and see that's that's the information that's not going to be included in the article. Like that's you're not going to be um, called upon to remember that to go back in your mind mm-hmm. and and to think about uh, in New York City where you've got more babies aborted than born. I want to mm-hmm. say, well, that was back in 2013. I know those numbers are still the same, but you're not going to be you know mm-hmm. called upon to to remember that. Right. But my question then becomes, and, and this is a side question. It could be a, a question, you know, held in a smaller room than this, than the article, right? But the question is, why is that essential service um, not? Back to the article. Hospital administrators are working on contingency plans in case more mass reg- resignations put other essential services at risk. The deadline for healthcare staff members to get their first vaccine dose is September 27th under state law. Medical exemptions are made for those who are allergic to or have had previous adverse reactions to vaccines with certification from licensed physicians or certified nurse practitioners. The interesting thing to me about this is um, what about what about the nurses and what about the doctors who are saying we just would like to wait to see? um, Uh, No, you can't say that. You, you understand have, what I'm saying? You got to like, be if, allergic or, you know, something right. else. Like, you can't <laughs> like, have any conscious, like, you, you see? Know, and see, yeah. this was once the joy and the privilege of being an American that you could say, like, I'm not, like, you could, you, you, we once lived in a country where you could say, hold up a second. Like, I don't, I mean, I don't know that I have any allergies. I don't have I any religious objections. <laughs> I just, yeah. Or the, you would you would say, I want to wait until it goes through yeah. a few more rounds of testing. I, yeah. I mean, I just don't know. I just, nah, that's you can't window. say that. Can't and, that. And, and, and here's another thing. You know, we used to say that just because an issue became political, it did not cease to be a question of morality, right? Because we know that the enemy... Um, will silence Christians because issues become political talking points. And the same has been done even with our freedoms. Like, so Mm. if a person asks a question, it's like, oh, you must be a conservative, yo, right? (laughs) Like, you're like, no, um, I just read stuff. Ah, no, but come (laughs) on, really. I mean, if you, like, you got questions in this way, you must be. And then the same in the opposite direction. Mm -hmm. You've got people who are like, no, I have no problems taking a shot. And they're like, ah, you must be a liberal. You don't know. Let's stop doing that. Yeah. Let's stop doing, let's, let's, if we, if you have to talk to people, let's ask them genuine questions. Like, how do you, how do you genuinely feel about this? Their answers may surprise you. What I'm saying is we have given up something that is very important to the function of our country and we're reaping the harvest of it. Mm. Like we have, we have been splintered in so many ways. We've lost the ability to have thought provoking conversations where we're not coming off the top ropes at one another. And the enemy has seized this as an opportunity. So what I'm saying is, yeah, kudos to the people who are standing up and who are saying, no, I have some reservations. And I'm, I'm not going to be compelled to do something that my conscience does not allow me to do. That's American. <laughs> That's American. But there are deeper, more spiritual implications of being able to take this position as well. Mm. Because you see, when people in a country can fight back, like, let's say Texas and saying, hey, you know, <laughs> this is we're making gains here for life. We're making gains here for babies. And we're saying that when you can detect a heartbeat, um, yeah, we're not going to kill them. We're not we're not going to kill babies. Right. So this is a fighting back. Right. This is a fighting back. Same thing. I was reading an article and I thought this was really cool here. Uh, the governor of uh, of Oklahoma, mm-hmm. Governor Kevin Stitt said, that he wants to make Oklahoma the most pro-life state, the most pro-life state. Let me, here's the article. 
Governor, and I, I apologize if I'm not saying the last name right. Representative Toad got me. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm, I can't trust myself even with uh, one syllable. Uh, Governor Kevin Stitt, a Republican, held a ceremonial signing of nine pro-life bills on Thursday, telling the Daily Caller News Foundation that he intends to make Oklahoma the most pro-life state in the country. So so what? what's my point? This is a fighting back. Mm. This is a fighting back. This is what Governor Stitt said. He said the 10th Amendment, <clears throat> excuse me, the 10th Amendment clearly states that what is not designated to the federal government belongs to the state in terms of rights. Oklahomans believe in life and protecting the life of the unborn. So it's very important to challenge federal overreach, especially on this issue. This is fighting back. But yeah. now these things, when you look at them in total, you put them all on the same palette. Why is this important? Because this thing in particular serves to position our country before God in repentance. Mm. If you say you're sorry, but you don't do anything different, are you sorry? No. So we keep calling for these days of repentance, these days of prayer. We say we turn back to God and we're sorry for what we've done, but we don't make any changes. But now you have, and I believe increasingly you'll see these states popping up mm -hmm. where they're going to be fighting back and saying, no, we're going to defend and we're going to protect life. And so what does this do? Well, when you couple it with an attitude of repentance, mm. it repositions a nation. Yeah. Yeah. But now what? But 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 if you remove yeah. from people that right to fight. If you remove from people, then what you do is you continue to put the nation in which you live mm. in peril. Why? Because God is not mocked. Yeah. Because God is not closing his eyes, if you will, or shutting his ears to the cries of the blood that calls out from this earth, from yeah. our country, from our, we're, like, I, there's something, you know, that we think that, in some way, and I don't know how we got here, but some way we think that American exceptionalism means that God would judge every nation except. Right. <laughs> no, Man, no, friend. Like that. that's not that's like not that. at all. That's not at all what it means. <laughs> yeah. I have said so many times here, and I think it bears repeating at this moment. I have said so many times that if there is any nation that is responsible, that that is responsible for the judgment that it incurs, it is us because we elect our officials. Mm -hmm. We elect the people who make the laws that bring about the judgment of God on our land. Yeah. And so here we are now, we are at, um, we are at a crossroads mm -hmm. where sort of the last little thread of freedom that we have, like think about how basic it is to say what you won't ingest, what you, what you won't take into your body so to speak, like think, think about how basic that is. Like, I mean, you know, that just seems like I couldn't. And, and, and look, the president himself knows that this was a non-starter, that this this couldn't we, we, we shouldn't even be having this conversation. But what does this do? What, what does this do in a country where? Oh, and, and there's another um, there's some polling information out, too, that I thought was important. First round of polling out following the the so-called <laughs> the mandate right yeah. um 56 or 58 58 percent 58.6 percent of americans say that the president has no authority to do what he's done <laughs> it's not looking good i kind of think they know that oh, but yeah. this is one of those things where you push down the person just in front so then you come back with something a little bit softer and people will gladly accept it because at least they haven't been shoved down to the ground. Mm.
Aaron the Addison's American Family Radio will grab the break and we'll be right back. Welcome back to Aaron the Addisons on American Family Radio. We appreciate you listening. I'm Miki. And I'm Will, and that's Todd Delaney, Fall in Love Again. Um, getting back to this, I want to make sure that you get this information, too. And, and, and by the way, anything that we don't delve uh, deeply into, we'll make sure that we have the article linked in the podcast notes. So if you get the podcast, you go to AFR.net. You can get the podcast. You'll have the links to the stories that we cover. I think this information from the Daily Wire, looking at the first polling data out, um, is encouraging to me. Uh, frankly, it's encouraging. I didn't expect these numbers to be as high as they are as, uh, as, as far as it pertains to Americans who say, no, the president can't do that. Uh, it tells me that we're not as far gone as it appears we are, mm. um, which I think is a really good thing. Here are some of the numbers just so that you'll have it kind of by way of having it pass through your mind. 58.6% of voters do not believe President Biden has the constitutional authority to force private businesses to require vaccine mandates for employees, while 29.7% believe that he does have the authority to do it. They probably also were 60-19ers. Um, 11, <laughs> 11.7% aren't sure. We don't know. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. I don't care it's going to be on the test. 68.2% of independent voters don't believe that President Biden has a constitutional authority to force private businesses to require vaccines. Think about <laughs> It's like the answers in the question. Do you think the president has the right to force private businesses <laughs> right. to require vaccine men? Oh, Crazy. I don't know. Can I phone a friend? Let me. <laughs> this is what I do with the kids sometimes. And, you know, it's like private businesses, private <laughs> businesses. Slowly. And, private. Mm, do you hear the answer is in the question? Do you hear it? And then, and then, you know, the kids are the kids are usually like, oh, OK, private yeah. businesses. Yeah, yeah. So, no. So, th so then that says that the again, you know, the the twenty nine point mm -hmm. seven percent that are like, sure, he can do it. I mean, <laughs> what are you gonna do? Right. You're gonna bear with them. You're gonna bear with them because yeah. they're, they're. I would say that they're your comrades, but they're <laughs> comrades. Wow, <laughs> they probably would turn on you. Um, I don't know. Um, anyway, but this is where we are. I, I want to get back to my larger point because we're gonna open the phone lines and get your take on this. Um. The right to fight back or the right to fight is precious in this country in particular because it affords for us an opportunity to reposture ourselves, to reposition ourselves. Um, I've talked about um, studying through the book of Judges and being fascinated by what is revealed as the character and the nature of God and his suffering and bearing with Israel, you know, and, mm -hmm. and, and there's, I don't know, there's just something, the, the more you um, dive into the word of God, the deeper your love for God grows. Yeah. It's just true. Like you, because he wants you to behold him. Like he, he wants you to know him. And, and you know, there's, there's, there are things that you learn about the character and the nature of God, his long suffering, his mercy, but you also led, you, you also learn about his, um, I would describe it as like a, uh, his fed upness, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, like the Lord just is like enough. You know, and, 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 and all of these things are important for us to understand. And I'm thinking in particular in Judges chapter 10, where there's been this cycle, man, where, you know, God's people from, you know, after the, the, the final passing 
of, of Joshua and his contemporaries. Man, there arose a generation that did not know the Lord and all that mm -hmm. he had done for Israel. And there's a whole other, like, you know, encouragement that can come out of that. But you then see this cycle of rebellion, God handing these people over to their enemies. The enemies oppress them. They cry out to God. God has mercy on them. They enjoy times of peace. They go back to their rebellion. Mm -hmm. God hands them over to their enemies. Their enemies oppress them. They cry out to God. God has mercy on them. But you get to chapter 10 and it's something interesting. And you, you're reading this from the beginning of Judges up until this point that I'm about to read to you now. Right. And 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 the people have they're in this in this uh, in this period of oppression again. They're in this period of oppression and they cry out to the Lord. They cry out to the Lord. And I'm going to start at verse 10. Um, this is chapter 10, Judges chapter 10, verse 10 says, and the people of Israel cried out to the Lord saying, we have sinned against you because we have forsaken our God and have served the Baals. And the Lord said to the people of Israel, did I not save you from the Egyptians and from the Amorites and from the Ammonites and from the Philistines, the Sidonians also and the Amalekites and the Maonites, um, they oppressed you and you cried out to me and I saved you out of their hand. Verse 13 Yet you have forsaken me and served other gods. Therefore, I will serve you no more. Wait, what? Or save you no more. Save you no more. It's like the record scratches. <laughs> because there's been this pattern of God's mercy and God's grace. And look, we are not Israel. But the Lord wants us to know something about himself. The mm. things that were written aforetime were written for our learning. Yes. So God is saying, behold me. Right? And so, and so then in verse 14, look. I don't know if you've ever read this, if you've ever set eyes on this in the scriptures, but go read it today. Go read it today. Verse 14, this is chapter 10 of Judges. God says to them, go and cry out to the gods whom you have chosen. Mm. Let them save you in the time of your distress. <laughs> I try to get a picture of this, of how like the, the wind is like knocked out of you. Because... Here you are crying out to God. And he says, no, go, go to where you found your safety. Mm -hmm. Go to what you have exalted. Go to what you have served and let that save you. Mm. And then in verse 15, and the people of Israel said to the Lord, we have sinned. Do to us whatever seems good to you. Only please deliver us this day. <laughs> and then verse 17 or verse 16. So they put away the foreign gods from among them and serve the Lord. And the Bible says he became impatient over the misery of Israel. He became impatient over the misery of Israel. We're sorry. Time of peace. Oh, we don't need him. We're sorry. Time of peace. We don't need him. Destruction, calamity. Oh Lord, where are you? Hmm. What I'm saying is when you live in a country and here, here is the number 888-589-8840. 888-589-8840. When you live in a country where you're not only free to say, I'm sorry, but you're also free to, to and, and this is, I'm, I'm using this symbolically, but you're also free to put away the idols. You're also free. You understand what I'm saying? You're mm -hmm. also free to reposture yourself so that you have, you have repentance and you have sorrow that produces an action. When you live in a country where you can do that, there is a blessing for you in that. Yeah. And so we should not be so free to give up the freedoms that we have to be able to fight back to say, this is wrong. We will not comply. We're not going to do this. We have the right not to do that. And please, 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 people, 
Please make the quantum leap with me to understand the illustration, the picture that I'm painting. I am not saying that the person who has chosen to get the shot has engaged in sin. Please understand what I'm saying. But what I am saying is that it has been a slow fade, the erosion of our personal liberties in this country. And those very liberties have allowed us at different turns in history to position ourselves in humility before God. But we have given that up. Or we are giving that up. And what does that do? What does that do in a nation when you can say you're sorry, but you can't really do anything about it? Like you can't, you can't, you know, you can't Texas it. You can't Oklahoma <laughs> it. You understand what I'm saying? Like not to turn the states into a verb, but you, you, you can't do something to say, hey, this is wrong. This is wicked. And, and we're, we're, not, we're not doing this anymore. Mm. And people say, well, it's just a shot. Well, and yeah, of course it is. And it's just a choice. It's just a, it's just a woman's choice. It's just, it's just. It's always just, yeah, right? Because it serves a purpose. And the purpose is to wear thin the resolve of people. It's to wear thin that, that understanding that you, you don't have to do that. A private business, a private business has to force its employees. Man, look. That's crazy. And, you know, That's we crazy. have gone well beyond Baronel Stutzman here. Yeah, we have gone well beyond Jack Phillips. Like we, I mean, this is you talk a private. What do we, what do we compel people to do? You do what I tell you to do. So what's the definition of a private business? What does it mean for it to be private? It's just was that just for tax filing purposes? What is that? What? Why? Why do we care about that? And and the thing that's that's so amazing about this and and so sinister, which the enemy use is that with these issues, this we talked about you know, fighting for life, talked yeah. about the shot. Like when this, when these things become political, it's like, you know, because they're not, you, we're talking about freedoms. We're talking about different things like that. We're talking about uh, the sanctity of life, but when they become political only, and then that's when the enemy really uses these things, you know, to say, well, no, um, you got to do this or you got to right. do that. You know, when we right. don't hold to no, you know, the, the ways of God and the things that he, you know, has has said about these issues and they turn a strictly political man. Then we, we see a lot of trouble. Can I give you let, let me give you a real time example of what this erosion looks like. So for a long time, and I'm going to be real quick because we're going to go straight to the phone lines but for a long time in this country. From 1973, we were fighting to end Row. We're, we're fighting to end, quote unquote, legalized murder as it's an oxymoron. We were fighting to end that. But because of time and because of an unwillingness or an inability or a combination of both to do it in this country, mm-hmm. people's individual ability to understand that taking the life of a baby is murder has been eroded. Mm-hmm. So there are people as Christians who in the state of Texas have said, now, I believe that abortion is sin. I believe that it is murder. Mm -hmm. But I don't believe that I should tell a woman what to do with her body. Now, wait, wait. Make that same argument in any other instance. I believe that to murder a two-year-old, to murder a toddler, is wrong. But I can't tell parents what to do with their own child. I can't tell them. It doesn't. But, you know, this is when the mind has been reprogrammed. Yeah. 
And so all of the grabs at rights in this country reprogram the mind. They tell you what you should think about things. So right now you're being told that you should think you don't have individual liberty. And if the narrative is shaped just right, you must comply without question, without research. You lose your ability to think individually and to act according to conviction, biblical conviction. I was just my, this is my conviction. Life is innocent, should be protected. But then you have people who say because they've been programmed, but I can't tell somebody else that. That's that's because you've been programmed. Yeah. Well, the great. Where do we go? All right, let's go to Jamie in Indiana. Hi, Jamie. Hi. My question is this. I, I am a federal employee. And as you know, we've been mandated to get the mm. shot. And I, I would just want your take on, you know, there's been a lot of talk about private industry and, you know, all that's not constitutional and that type of thing. But but not much has been said about the, the federal employee mandate. And I, I just wondered, you know, what kind of recourse do I have? You know, he is the president of the United States and we are federal employees. Man, that is a great question. And Jamie, you know, here's the, the here's my simple answer. I don't know. I don't know. And And we have had conversations internally here with our legal counsel. And there's some research going on right now that what, to answer that question, what the recourse would be not only for federal employees, but look, we've got members of the military that have the same questions that are writing into us. I will say this though. I think that for every, and I cannot, I am not going to give you any personal advice, Jamie. I'm not going to do that. Um, I think there's a disclaimer that has to be in place for that, but here's what I would tell you where you are convicted. You must remain convicted. Now that is difficult and, and I understand people having questions. In fact, we've had these conversations um, on a very personal level, okay, with people who, who are making some tough decisions right mm-hmm. now. But this is my encouragement, and this has been our encouragement from this program. Where you are convicted, remain convicted. You look at these nurses in upstate New York, and what these nurses are saying is that I do not have faith for this. And I'm using lowercase f. You know, I don't I don't have a belief in this vaccine or the efficacy of it or whatever their issues are. And they are saying no. Now, here is what I believe. And, and, and people may say, well, Miki, that's easy for you because that's not pressing on you. Well, there have been situations that I've been in where it's pressed on me and it hasn't pressed on you. Mm-hmm. But my convictions have to remain my convictions. And so here is what I am saying. Here's what I am saying. I really do believe that we're in a moment of taking back, and I don't mean to sound like it's a a battle cry, but in a moment of taking back our freedoms by saying no and being willing to take what comes our way. This this is my personal conviction. Mm -hmm. Why? Because in so many instances, the need is greater for us than it is for this overreach. Yeah. But we never get to that point because we all just sort of like, like dominoes, we just... We fold. And I will tell you, Jamie, that from the things that I have read and the things that I have heard, there are different opinions that seem very convincing on the side of the federal employees and even our military. What we have the right to refuse and and, and what compliance could look like. So here's what I would say. Um, My short answer was I cannot tell you with any great authority what you should do or what you are to do. But I will tell you that at the American Family Association, these are the things that we are exploring. 
So I hope that you will keep listening because I do believe that we have to respond to this. This is a this is a sincere question that you're not alone in asking. Jamie, I wish I had better information to give you. I really do. We're out of time. Until tomorrow, Lord willing. God bless. <laughs>